Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with M.E. Browning. Yes, yay. And it's mid-October, <laughs> and Halloween is already just around the corner. I know, I know. And you know us uh, mystery lovers love the holidays. <laughs> so um, since we're on YouTube this, this season, we are going to dress up for the podcast. Right, Kathy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's an enthusiastic yes. Yes, yes. It, it will be a surprise, because I don't think... We've figured it out yet exactly are we going to tell each other or just i don't know what do you want to do i think i i think we should not tell each other and just surprise okay. each other. okay that sounds good anyway okay. anyway all right so anyway let's get back to today's episode yes. um kathy why don't you introduce today's author oh it's my pleasure we are here today with author m e browning um, she has a really interesting and fantastic and honorable background. Uh, she served 22 years in law enforcement and retired as a captain before turning to a life of crime fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so writing as Mickey Browning, she penned the Agatha nominated and award-winning, yes, Mare Cavallo Mysteries, and her short stories and nonfiction have appeared in anthologies, magazines, and textbooks. And now as M.E. Browning, she recently began a new series of Joe Wyatt Mysteries with the first one entitled Shadow Ridge. Mickey is a busy writer. She's a member of Mystery Writers of America, International Thriller Writers, and Sisters in Crime, where she served as um, former president of the online chapter. So with all that, welcome, Mickey. Welcome, welcome. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. How often do you get to drink wine on duty? Right? <laughs> that is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Makes crime so much nicer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so before we, speaking of that, before we get to the big questions, Christy, why don't you tell us about the wine we are drinking today? Sure, absolutely. So Mickey, you suggested a Pine Ridge Chenin Blanc Viognier no idea if I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> and from the description, I'm really excited to try it. So why don't you guys have a sip while okay. I give the description. Cheers. So online, it's, it's described as crisp, bright, and vivacious. CB plus V, that's how they put it, so I can go with that one now, <laughs> is an aromatic white blend boasting a bouquet of honeysuckle, orange blossoms, red grapefruit, white peach, and jasmine tea. The entry is both bright and mouth-filling, exhibiting refreshing acidity and roundness, opening to flavors of tangerine, lime, and lemon curd, lemongrass, ginger, white peach, and green apple. This delicious wine finishes clean and long with a lingering hint of lime. There is a lot going on in this class. <laughs> it's really not that complicated. <laughs> That is one of the longest descriptions we've ever read. I, I'm not sure if I caught the honeysuckle in there, but 
Oh, how do I know? Have another drink, then you'll find out. I'll taste it all, right? <laughs> this is actually delicious. Yeah, it is really you good. You know, it's just one of those really nice everyday, um, it, it doesn't have too high of a price point. Mm -hmm. um, and the last time I was here, we had, um, we had bubbles actually. And, um, so this is a, a nice change. We went from the celebratory to just something that it's nice to enjoy. Yeah. You, you don't have to have food with it. It's very right. nice. And you know what I love? I love the screw top. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds so silly, but today I was running to the fridge to grab it and I thought, oh, thank goodness. Like I don't have to do that next step. Isn't that so lazy? <laughs> yeah. I, I did the same thing. And you know, um, and plus it's really exciting because we, rarely can find a wine that is located in both South Florida with me and South Dakota with Kathy, which she found it. And Mickey, where are you? Um, I'm actually world? South Florida as well. On the oh, Atlantic okay. Coast. Yeah. Oh, Fort Lauderdale? A little, a little further north. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, you wow. could have just come over here. We would have, <laughs> well, we, I guess we'd have to keep six feet apart, yeah. but oh. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready to talk this book, Shadow Ridge. Anybody else? Yes. <laughs> ready. Okay, so like Christy said, there was a lot going on in that <laughs> wine description. There is a lot going on in Shadow Ridge. Okay, it is a pr police procedural involving gaming, um, dark internet sites, lots of lots of uh, secrets. It's on a. It takes place in a Colorado college campus environment. So you have that. There's lots of family issues going on. We've got a divorce. Uh, we've got a father-daughter relationship. Um, we have some a fair dose of sexism and misogyny, if I might uh, <laughs> say. That's definitely there. I, as I was reading this and I was making this list going back, I wanted to know, Mickey, what was the initial germ of the story? Like what, which came first, the gaming or the, what were Actually, you thinking? The, the gaming came first. I had read an article about um, some of the horrible misogyny that was occurring within the video gaming um, community. And the thing that I wanted to capture in the book was to somehow parallel that with another character. This was actually the first time that I had written multiple points of view. And so it was, it was a challenge for me to actually capture that and to be able to reveal character through other characters' um, perspective. I didn't want, like in the Mayor Cavallo, where everything was actually in her perspective. So this allowed me to, to play. But the misogyny in the gaming community really... Um, got out of hand and there was something called Gamergate. And when I learned the scope of the online mob mentality and, and what occurred in, in that in real life, it kind of sparked something for me. And Quinn, who's one of the characters, she's the, the gamer character, um, she came to me almost fully formed, which never happens. <laughs> that just never happens. Wow. And she's, so, she's interesting. I like her. She I was mean, a character, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Quinn has no filters. <laughs> and, and so 
How fun to write. She was fun to write. I mean, uh, I was able to unleash my inner snark and <laughs> completely, it was completely appropriate for, for her. But the trick was not to make her one note. And, you know, how do you make somebody who's that wounded um, sympathetic? And mm -hmm. so I, I hope by the end that, that I succeeded in that. Um, but yeah, so the, the gaming aspect. Oh yeah, I well, think you did, and I and I'm I'm kind of curious if she's gonna show up in future books or whatever. Probably not. Um, well, I like that her connection with her her mom being a, a cop as well, right? So that was kind of interesting. That was the other thing is if there's a lot of parallels, uh, and I did that intentionally. Um, in some aspects and completely unintentionally in others. And uh, when when I wrote Quinn and her mother, I guess Quinn didn't come fully formed because that, that actually took me by surprise with, with her mom because most legacies in police work until recently have always been with a father uh, because women in, in policing wasn't it, it didn't happen very often until the past several decades. And so now you're getting into an opportunity to have mom as the, the initial legacy in the, in the um, profession. So I'm curious, I, when you started in law enforcement, did you have other female members of the force where you were? I did. Uh, there weren't, percentage-wise, there weren't a lot, but um, there had been some who had been on um, for years before I got there. You know, there were some, mm -hmm. definitely some, some early trendsetters uh, wow. in that agency. That was in California, which um, tended to have a little bit more um, progressiveness mm -hmm. as far as the, um, the diversity of, of their police forces. And then when you, when you finished your career and you retired, did it look dramatically different? Uh, I wish I could say it did. Mm, interesting. But, but it doesn't. It's um, nationwide. I think the percentage has climbed to about 12%. And there have been times where um, I, I served on two different agencies, but there have been times that on both of them that it dipped down into like 6% in, in the agency where I was at. And um, so it, it's up and down and, and so hmm, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping, I think the more diversified of a force you have, the, the better able you're, you are to serve the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We have noticed your incredible <laughs> photos on social media of Colorado each week, and mm -hmm. um, we know that this is placed in Colorado. So you know you've got the California Florida background. Why did you pick Colorado, and how does that influence your story? I lived in Durango for a while. In fact, that was where I finished my career, and and Durango is in the southwest portion of Colorado. <laughs> gorgeous. All of those pictures that you see on my social media are from, from that area. Oh my God. And so I am intimately familiar with that area um, of, of Colorado and I fell in love with it. 
and um, I knew I wanted to write about that area. And Durango served as inspiration, but it, my, my story is not set in Durango. If you were to probably erase about 50 years of, of growth of that particular city and um, have the population, and if you squint it, <laughs> you, you, probably had, you probably have a really good idea of what Echo Valley truly looks like. Uh, that said, there are certain things that, much like Sue Grafton, you know, mm. if you're familiar with Santa Barbara and reading her books, you know, there's there's sometimes where you're going, that sounds an awful lot. But, <laughs> um, I I put the police station in the same same area of Echo mm. Valley that it is actually located in, but. Let me assure you, there are no co-workers in that book. That was the next question. (laughs) No, no, I don't do that. (laughs) I'm picturing the tour buses now. (laughs) You know, like, um, oh, the vampire um, series, you know, they have like uh, tour buses going through Washington now, like where she placed that series. I can't think of the name of it. Anne Rice, are you talking about? Oh no, um, you're talking about the Twilight series. Yes, that. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I'm picturing Durango getting all these people because they're going to be huge amounts of fans coming through. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's so optimistic. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so let's take a drink if anyone's interested. This is the time uh, (laughs) that, Mickey, that we like to ask our authors who've joined us the question in the bottle. In theory, the question is maybe something you would find, you know, worthy of discussion at the bottom of a bottle. But today, we'll <laughs> after two sips. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to take we, we, you never know. Sometimes they're very mild. Sometimes we can always pick a different one if you just can't do it. But okay. All right. Oh, no. This is... T- so if you could live on a beach, which would you oh. choose? <laughs> I think we should add and why. I think we that'll make it more. <laughs> yeah, you want a different question? No. I'm still curious, you know. Okay. Well, the most people are going to think that I would lean towards anything in the Keys because that's where the Maricavallo series was set. Um, and they would be wrong. Ooh. I love winter beaches. And um, in, in California, uh, there's an incredible beach called Cambria. And while it's central California, so it, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't get snow, that sort of thing, but it gets some really nice winter weather there. Mm. And it's just, it's just gorgeous. So Cambria. Is it, is it north of um, San Francisco? No, it's south of San Francisco. Okay. Um, like, like a big sur and Louis Obispo, Morro Bay, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, so. what temperature when you're saying, like, winter, you're going to the beach in the winter, like, are you talking, like, 40s? Like, what, do you, what is it? Yeah, like? you, it could get down into the 40s, but even 60s and wind um, oh. at the beach can get, you know, pretty chilly. But I just, yeah. I like the tempestuousness of it. I mean, I just, there's... Is there's something magical about a winter beach to me? I just nice. I love it. That's a brilliant answer. I have to say, I'm gonna drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christy, you're up, Peach. 
So I obviously have read your Mary Cavallo books written under the name Mickey Browning. And I love them as well. Um, mm -hmm. They're more like witty suspense versus the dark thriller of Shadow Ridge is kind of how I would describe it. Um, and I'm assuming that you use the different author names because of the different type of um, style in the two books. Um, so is that the case? And do you prefer writing in one style versus the other? I have to say Shadow Ridge is the book of my heart. Uh, I had, when I first started writing, I had just, actually I hadn't even retired from, from police work yet. And of course I was going to write what I knew. I was going to do a police procedural. Um, that didn't work out so well for me. I was too close for it. And it read more like a textbook, um, which oh, yeah. is no mm -hmm. fun for, for anybody. And <laughs> I got better in the second one, but I still didn't quite have everything down yet. And then I, um, I joined the Guppies, which is uh, the online chapter of Sisters in Crime, which now has a thousand members. Uh, it's crazy how, yes. how big it's gotten. We're familiar with that. That's, yes. that's a good organization. Yes. And I started taking different classes and, and working on my, my craft. And, and I took a class by Chris Neri, who teaches uh, out of the UCLA Extension. So she's, she's got chops. And one of the things she said is attributed to Earl Stanley Gardner, and it is to plot from the point of view of your antagonist, but right from the POV perspective of, of your hero. And it clicked for me because that's what an, an investigator has to unravel something, but it's already been done. Um, someone out there knows exactly how everything was done. And that's normally um, the, the villain of your story. And that just kind of broke everything loose. So I wrote after that, I decided, you know what, I, I needed some more decompression time from from, by this time I had retired. And so I wrote the first uh, Mayor Cavallo. It was called Adrift. And it must have clicked very well because it actually was nominated for, for an Agatha Award for Best <laughs> yeah. First Novel. And, right. <laughs> and I wrote another one thinking, all right, well, this is where I want to go. And then somewhere along the way, um, I started writing Shadow Ridge mm. and I, I started it. I knew what the story was. I had read that article about the gaming and I knew this is what I really wanted to sink my teeth into as a police procedural. And so I, I, with the blessing of my agent, I switched gears and I started writing this. And despite knowing the story, it just wasn't coming. I couldn't get it down on the page. And I realized it was because I was trying to limit it to Joe's perspective. Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, what was going on behind the scenes, but it really required the three different points of view to tell this particular story. And so as soon as I latched onto that, uh, it, it all broke free. And I actually credit some some other writers for that because I, I took a little bit of a hiatus and I started doing some reading and um, Lori Roy, who's another Florida writer 
um, she was one of the, the people that I, I studied. And then Alifer Burke, who's actually another Florida writer now that I think about it. Um, I read the- We got a lot going on down here. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, you know, Kathy, it's time for you to move down to Savannah. I, I know. <laughs> of course, if, if, you know, we still have like sea levels rising, we'll all end up in South Dakota, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. But um, it was Alifer Burke's book that um, really exposed the, the power of the different points of view. I know a lot of people write in it, but it was the right book at the right time for mm -hmm. me. And then as soon as I latched onto that, like I said, um, the rest of the story just, just came out. So... I like, I really like Mare, um, but it's time for me to spend some time with Joe. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, they're, they're both page turners, both series. So I'm, I'm impressed. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yay. 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 Okay. So you mentioned your agent. Mm -hmm. I am really curious about, um, you know, we've talked to lots of different writers who have published in, in, you know, all kinds of places. One writer we talked to, um, just a few weeks ago, started on publishing house. We've talked to people who are self-published, indie, you know, traditional mainstream, the big five. You've kind of, it looks to me like you've done all those, right? Because right now you're at Crooked Lane. You started at Penguin Ram Random House and then Blue Shadow. Talk to us about uh, that. Okay. I started with Alibi, which is the imprint of Penguin Random House. And um, it's a digital only imprint. Mm. And so Adrift was out there. And then um, I had just turned in Beached and everything kind of got reorganized. Mm. And they opted not to pick up Beached. And they started to, um, to shift their focus. And I don't actually even think they acquired much after I, I had... Um, turned in beached and so I had this book that I thought was a decent book and so no well there might be some publishing houses out there but it's not common for another publishing house to pick up a second book when a series origination belongs to another house and so my my choices were put it away or self-publish it and so um self-publishing it was so <laughs> blue shadow mysteries is is my publishing house or imprint i should say and um there's a there's a learning curve to that I but bet. i'm really glad that i did it because it, it gave me a tremendous amount of insight into how publishing works and and the dynamics and what is actually involved in the creation of a book that then someone can read you know they have it delivered to them open it up and and you know my words are there and so it was it was really good i decided to do it i didn't sink any advertising or anything into it because i knew this was a one-off i wanted to get it out there i was really happy when um, I earned my entire investment into the, the book back um, a little over a month. And wow. so it made it worthwhile. Um, it doesn't have obviously the reach that having 
Penguin Random House behind you does, but um, but it's done well. It it won um, the Royal Palm Literary Award for Best Mystery and then um, the Overall Book of the Year. So um, I'm really I'm really happy that I did that. Yeah. And so then when Joe went out, Crooked Lane Book picked it up and um, on a two book deal. And so yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's more Although, Joe coming. <laughs> well, there is more Joe coming, mm-hmm. but for the first time I was writing on a, I'm writing on a deadline mm. and it's like, all right, note to self. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's, that's the next interesting thing we'll have to delve into Kathy, just um, as an aside, um, because I can't imagine trying to write that way and having that pressure I don't know fortunately I had again I I knew knew the story before getting into it I'm um I'm not an outliner but I have milestones and so because I know the backstory to everything um I know what some of the some of the plot points are just because from an investigative standpoint you have these these things mapped out and so that that has served me well but it's it's definitely Joe's hopefully going to be around for a little bit but there's a lot of marketing that goes along (laughs) with a book launch Uh I mean uh by the time this airs it will be the book will be out in the wild and so that's really exciting for me and and um in the meantime I'm trying to juggle guest blogs for a book tour and, um, you know, doing a, a zoom launch and, and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, a it's lot. A different to world. Balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. So I, I, you've learned a lot. We've talked about how much you, this has been a learning process for you. And I'm curious, what do you know today about writing that you didn't know a year ago? And what do you anticipate learning a year from now? Okay, let's see. I knew fairly early on that writing was a long game. I'm not sure I appreciated how long of a game <laughs> it could be. Like, to, yeah. from, from the time you get picked up to the time it actually comes out. Well, when you start, you naively think that, okay. I'm going to write a book and that's all you focus on. (laughs) (laughs) And then things change. Yes, they do. Uh, And, and so it is a long game. Um, There's very few overnight successes. There are some, but it's not something that should, you know, you should put into your business plan, Um, (laughs) you know, because you could very well be disappointed, but I think last year I really learned to trust the reader more so than I ever have in that um, you can allude to things in your writing. You don't have to go back and say, okay, this is really important. I really want you to get this point. (laughs) I'm going to bring it up again. And so less is truly more. Oh, wow. in a lot of cases when you're writing 
and um, readers are savvy. Uh, they're they're smarter than I am, and <laughs> you know, so I I want to honor that. Mm. That's wonderful. That is that's really, really, really wonderful. Ooh, that blew me away. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mickey Browning writing under M.E. Browning, author yes. of Upcoming Shadow Ridge. We are so happy that you joined us today. Thank you so very much. I, yeah. I'm just thrilled to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks. But well, before we go, we still have one question that we have to ask to appease oh, our mysterious buddies <laughs> out there. That's awesome. So, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with, and what would it be? Oh, I should have. I should remember this one was coming. <laughs> Probably Aiden, mm. who's kind of a secondary character, yeah. um, but we'll see more of. <laughs> a lot more of, I'm trying to decide. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's, he's a product of Southwest Colorado, so it would probably be um, backstrap from an elk, um, you know, probably a, a rather bold red wine. Uh, probably a, a meat and potato kind of yeah, meal. So, and I'm good. Well, with that, that sounds good to me. You can and I would that. like I would like to have a meal with Aiden as well. Yeah, <laughs> we we think you should put that in the next book. That okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll have to have you know a Christine Kathy uh, characters yeah. in there too. Yeah, right. There's a podcast in there. Oddly, it's so strange. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so Mickey, if our, and we know they will, if our reader, our listeners, excuse me, want to learn more about you and reach out to you, what's the best way to, how can they find you? I'm really easy. My website is mebrowning.com. Um, I tried to make it simpler than that, but I really couldn't figure out a way. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, all the usual places I'm on Facebook under Mickey. Most of them are under Mickey. I haven't, um, even though you might see M E, uh, it's still a, a Mickey, you know, at Mickey Browning sort of, of thing. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I, and I'm always available on the contact form. I love interacting with readers. So, you know, if, if questions come up or you just want to say, hi, I have a newsletter sign up. You can do that as well. So there's, you know, probably way too many ways to get in touch with yeah. me. <laughs> well, that's great. So um, we want to thank you once again, M.E. Yes. Um, Browning, and for a twisty detective thriller that will not disappoint, no, you can order not. her latest book, Shadow Ridge. Yes. This such fun. Such a fun conversation. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. And everyone go by Shadow Ridge. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On GameOfBooksPodcast.com.
You can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode, and you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.